Have you ever felt stuck like you're in this never-ending loop of bad habits? You come home from work or school and have all these ideas. You want to do all these cool things and you just have so much to get done. And you find yourself just plopping on the couch, turning on the TV. Four hours go by and you don't get anything done. Or maybe you're dreaming of having this amazing summer where you start running and you want to have this new routine that's more healthy. But no matter what you do, you don't stick to anything. We all face these things, trust me. Trying to break bad habits and working so hard to build new ones, oh my gosh, yes. In this episode, we're diving into the two key pillars that hold the secret to unlocking lasting change. So whether you're looking to break some bad habits or you're craving to make the ones you've started actually stick, this episode's for you. Welcome to You Can Do Amazing Things, the podcast to help you get out of your own way and accomplish more in your life. I'm Holly Roman, and together we're going to unlock what's holding you back from your next goal and get you into action to step into your greatness and have the success you've been dreaming of. If you're looking for a positive place each week to grow and learn, get inspired to take your next steps so you could feel more success, joy, and happiness, meet me here every Thursday. It'll be like our weekly chat. We'll drink our coffee or favorite drink together, and we'll definitely have some fun learning, growing, and accomplishing your next amazing thing. Let's do this. I know the idea of habits is huge. Breaking the bad ones, building the new ones, it's a big topic. But today, I only want to talk about these two things here. Two essential things you must do if you want to break a bad habit and create a new habit that sticks. Before I get into them, I want to back up a second to make sure we're all on the same page of understanding habits and their triggers. So picture this. Habits are like the autopilot settings of our lives, right? They're those little routines and behaviors that we do almost automatically without even thinking about them. Whether it's biting our nails or scrolling mindlessly through social media or reaching for that sugary snack when we're feeling stressed, the habits we have can literally rule our lives and make so many decisions for us, some we might not even want to make. Habits operate in what experts call a habit loop. It's like a four-step dance routine. First, there's a cue, which is like the trigger that sets off the whole habit sequence. It could be a certain time of day or an emotional state or even a physical location. Then comes the craving, which can be different for everyone. It's the context of how we interpret the cue. So for example, if you wake up and hear your husband making coffee, that's the cue. And the craving sets in. If you love coffee like I do, you begin to drool. No, (laughs) you begin to crave the coffee. But here's the thing. You only crave the coffee if you like coffee. If you don't like coffee, hearing the coffee machine would just be like regular background noise. So the craving part differs from person to person. This part is important to understand in the habit loop because the cue has to have meaning to the person who interprets it, or it just doesn't work. And that becomes relevant as you try to build your habits. It needs to be something you want or something you can attach some emotion to. The next part is the response, which is the actual behavior or action we engage in. So in this example, I drink the coffee. And finally, there's the reward, which is the sweet payoff we get from our behavior 
this reward reinforces the habit loop, making it more likely that we're going to repeat the behavior in the future. So you're satisfying the craving you had earlier. You enjoyed that cup of coffee and you can't wait for the next one. Not all habits are created equal though. We all have our fair share of bad habits that we'd love to break free from. Maybe it's that late night snacking that derails your healthy eating goals or the nonstop screen time that keeps you from getting enough sleep. Whatever it is, understanding the cues or the triggers that begin the habit loop, understanding what is behind those bad habits is critical. By identifying what sets off the habit loop, whether it's stress, boredom, or certain environmental cues, we gain the power to disrupt the cycle and make those positive changes. So you really need to think about it. Really try to understand why you do certain things or don't do. Take a moment to reflect on your own bad habits. What situations or emotions tend to trigger them? Are there specific cues that always seem to lead you down that unwanted path? By becoming aware of these triggers or cues, that's the first part of how you start to take control. It's like shining a spotlight on the sneaky culprits that have been pulling the strings all along. So I just wanted to highlight that first. I am so itching to get more into this, but I said I won't. (laughs) This time, it's only going to be about these two main pillars to habit change. Are you ready? The two main pillars. Number one, assess and change your environment. First, I want to dive into this topic of assessing your current environment and how it either can support or hinder your habit change efforts. So your physical environment, including your home and workspace, can really have a significant impact on your habits. So take a second and think about these things. Look around your house. Is it cluttered, disorganized, or filled with the temptations that fuel the bad habits that you have? Or does it just feel like it draws you into the same darn routine? It's not different, so therefore, you have such a hard time doing something different. Let's take an example. I remember our oldest daughter in our old house saying she just couldn't study or get anything done in her room. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Your room is quiet, you have a desk. But that wasn't it at all. She said, Mom, you don't understand. When I'm in my room, I'm just relaxing or I'm just sitting on my phone. Nothing about her room was associated with studying. She physically had to go somewhere else, like go downstairs or go to the local coffee shop. And then she associated going to that coffee shop or the table downstairs with getting things done. She changed her environment and her whole habit loop of studying changed. The cue or trigger of being in the coffee shop told her that she was going to be productive. Then she had the craving, so to speak. She wanted to or had to get her homework done. And then she did the work, which was the response. And then the reward was that she felt the satisfaction of getting it all done and being productive. You can see it, right? This is huge and it makes such a difference. In the book by James Clear, Atomic Habits, I know I reference it all the time, he writes about a study that was done in a Massachusetts hospital and I say that again, a Massachusetts hospital where one of the physicians there was trying to see if she could improve the eating habits of the hospital staff. And the one example was about something they called choice architecture. I thought this was so cool. It's from chapter six in the book. I'll leave the link in the show notes, of course. But 
they placed baskets of water, bottled water, all around where before they didn't have any except in one section. And so they placed these baskets of water all around the food stations and added water bottles to the refrigerators along with a pop. They even had like a diagram in the book to show how it used to be and then with the upgrades or the new architecture, so to speak. And you know what? Sure enough, the number of soda sales dropped by 11.4% and sales of water increased by 25.8%, all by changing up the environment in the cafeteria layout. I thought that was pretty cool. This happens to me for sure. We associate different things with different places. If I try to take a project downstairs, for example, and I think, oh, I'll just work on this downstairs on the couch. Well, (laughs) that doesn't go so well because that couch is so comfy and cozy. That's the place where we go to watch a movie, we make popcorn, all of it. I usually don't work on stuff down there. I usually relax or I'm there to be entertained and we watch movies. So in that case, what was I thinking? There's so much more friction for me to actually get stuff done down there while I'm sitting in that cozy spot. But the minute I come back up, go to my office, sit in my chair, I know that's where I'm going to get stuff done. I am so used to getting stuff done in the office, but it's so different downstairs. Beyond your physical surroundings, it's essential also to recognize the environmental cues that trigger your bad habits or prevent you from building new ones. And here's what I mean by that. Are there certain times of day, places in your house or at work, or specific situations that consistently lead to those bad habits? By identifying those cues, you can proactively strategize ways to avoid or even modify them. For a quick example, if you tend to snack on, you know, unhealthy foods or just snack while you watch TV at night, maybe you have to change rooms to watch it in a different room. Or try doing something different after work altogether that doesn't trigger the snack habit, like go for a walk or for a bike ride. It's funny, my husband, admittingly, so I'm not talking behind his back, he admittingly says he has a snacking habit. So while we watch TV upstairs, it's so easy for him to get up, go get a snack, come back, go get a snack, come back. And even sometimes he goes to get up, he goes to the fridge and he just stands there. I'm like, what are you doing now? He goes, I just want to look. (laughs) He doesn't get anything. He just sits there and looks in the fridge. (laughs) He's so cute. Anyway, but when we change rooms, when we watch TV downstairs, he doesn't do it at all. It's totally different. There's no kitchen nearby to grab whatever snack. So he doesn't. He sits through the whole movie and doesn't snack at all. It totally works. Another crucial part of this is identifying the people or influences that enable you to reinforce your bad habits. I'm sure you can relate to this one. So if you're around certain people that do certain things and maybe you're trying to quit those things, it's gonna be really hard to stay around those people. So it might be that you have to even create boundaries for yourself while you're trying to break a bad habit or establish a new habit and you might need to limit the time you spend with certain people. And to add to this, our digital environment plays a huge role in our habits. Social media and online distractions consume so much of our time and attention, it's mind-boggling, right? It prevents us from so many things if we're trying to build new habits or break free from negative ones. So take a close look at your digital environment as well, not just the physical one, but the digital one. 
And I know that's a tough one because we use our phones and our devices for so many things. But then I would just say, James Clear had a great suggestion in his book. So if you're really trying to limit, say, social media, maybe just use one device only for social media, maybe your iPad or something. And then you use your computer only for work and your phone for reading or something like that. Just changing up how you use it and where you use technology, this is going to be key when you're trying to build or break habits. So assessing our current environment and looking for ways to change it really to what you need is a vital step in your journey towards breaking habits or building new ones. So we're going to go on to number two now, but I just want to add one part, a few things here that are going to help clear the path for change. And these are just some ideas. I know there are more, but I just wanted to touch on them because it's all about our environments that we just talked about. So number one is decluttering your physical space. Start by removing triggers or temptations that lead you into your bad habits. Take a look around, see what it is, whether that be something in your room or something around the living room or identify objects or something that will actually prompt you to do these things. Clearing away these triggers are going to help eliminate all the temptations and it will make it easier for you to build new habits. Number two, create an organized environment. And so the decluttering is one thing, but then what else can you do that will help support your habits? Is there anything you can do to add to your space or arrange your space in a way that makes it easy? For example, um, if you want to exercise and, you know, it's it's not easy because everything's in different places, organize everything in one place, wherever you're going to work out. So it's easy. You're, you're eliminating that friction. Number three, set up the visual cues and reminders that's going to be helpful for you to clear the path for change because it, it's sometimes you need reminders. I know that sounds silly, but whether it's like placing a sticky note or a visual reminder that reminds you, oh yeah, I got to drink more water, or oh yeah, I have to take my vitamins. Whatever it is, set up those cues that will help you remember. And number four, surround yourself with people that have the same habits that you want to have, or that you're trying to get to. It will give you a real source of inspiration or just follow those people on social media. Sometimes that's so inspiring. It makes you actually want to do that thing. Their stories or their insights or their perspectives, their strategies, all of that is going to be things that you need to stay on track. And number five, creating a good digital environment, taking a look at your digital habits, how you use your phone, how long you use your phone, how long you're on social media, all of those things and, you know, limit the distractions and the things that are going to pull you away from your goals. For this, the goal is to create an environment that's going to set you up for success. So it's easier for you to either maintain your habit that you're trying to create or break the one and stick to that. Experiment with a few of these things and see what works best for you. Every single small change you make will help clear the path. And then that brings you one step closer to all of these good things. Okay, let's move on to the second pillar now. And that is anticipating pitfalls and overcoming failure. I think we can all agree that breaking bad habits and building new ones is no easy feat. We might have a great start. We're all excited about this new routine we're gonna start. And bam, we hit a roadblock. 
We have to anticipate and plan for these things early on, even before you even start this whole thing. Because along the way, we're bound to encounter the pitfalls and face those moments of either plain old failure or those moments that we're so tempted to not do what we're trying to work on, right? But here's the thing. Setbacks and obstacles don't have to define our path to change. I've got five strategies here that are really going to help you anticipate those times so you can overcome them, so you can create positive change for good, and you're not going to fail. And if you do fail, you're going to get back up. Okay, let's do it. Number one, take time to identify triggers and plan ahead. Really sit down, take time to identify the potential triggers or situations that may lead to a lapse in your new habit. And you might even know this because you might be restarting, right? You've already done this and you know what's gonna happen, all of that. Once you've identified these triggers, develop a plan. How are you gonna navigate through them? And you're gonna write them down. What is your plan of attack, so to speak? And you're not gonna just identify them, write them down and put that paper away. No, 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 no. You're gonna read that paper every single day. Get it in your brain so that you're ready. You're ready for that enemy. (laughs) Let's take a quick example here. You know that there's this big annual conference that happens in January and you start to plan it in the fall and it totally stresses you out. First, you start out great. You feel organized, you're full of fresh ideas and full of energy. And then within a few weeks, you know it's coming. You become a total stress ball and you eat all the time. You snack when you think about the conference. You eat when you think about the conference. You eat when you're stressed about the conference. And then when you're finally at the conference in January, you can't fit in your clothes because you've gained 15 pounds. (laughs) So now that you know it happens every year, what can we do to anticipate that? And then how can we plan for it? How can we attack it head on? So you're going to write down what you're going to do instead. So you won't get stressed and eat and gain weight. All of those things. So maybe it's taking time each night in the fall while you're planning to take a walk and de-stress. And maybe that's making sure you have lots of healthy snack foods or veggies or whatever so you don't go overboard and eat the bad stuff. This kind of thing. Just making sure that you're managing it and planning for it. Let's go on to number two. Build accountability and support. Accountability can really increase your chances of sticking to new habits. Share your goals and progress with with a really good friend or family member or join a a club or a group. Regular check-ins and sharing your challenges and all of that with others are going to help really give you the necessary encouragement to stay on track. Number three, learn from setbacks and then adjust. Setbacks are going to be a natural part of this whole thing rather than viewing them as failures. Like I said, failure shouldn't be anything we care about. Failures are just ways for us to learn. See them that way. See them as opportunities for learning and to get better. So when we're faced with a setback, you look back, why did we fail? And then consider how you're going to adjust for getting up and starting again. Be flexible and willing to adapt your strategies based on the lesson that you just learned from that setback. Number four, use visualization and affirmations. It's true that visualization and positive affirmations can strengthen your mind and help 
to maintain focus on anything, especially new habits. Spend a few moments each day visualizing yourself successfully engaging in the desired habit or behavior you're wanting to get to. But I also like to say here, I want you to visualize a few weeks ahead into your journey. What does it look like? What do you already know that's going to tempt you to stop? What will be challenging? And then from there, you know what you need to visualize. You need to visualize, visualize yourself moving through that challenge. So I have an example. Let's go back to our daughter for a second. She admits to us now the minute it gets cold and the weather stinks, she doesn't want to even leave the dorm. Then all the things that are so good to do, like go outside and be active or meet people to study, those things are so much harder once the cold weather hits. And I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. I know that if I didn't have a dog, oh my gosh, taking a walk two times a day would be so much harder, especially if it was freezing outside. So this is when you're going to literally visualize yourself. It's cold out. It's snowing. You bundle up. You go outside, you go walk, and you do things. You make plans with your friends. You're going to meet them at least four times a week to study. You walk to Soul Cycle to take your class. You visualize yourself walking all over. And that's the, the point is you're visualizing yourself moving through that pitfall that you know will try to trip you up in your progress, whatever it is you're working towards. So you need to visualize how you move through it successfully and that it's not gonna mess you up this time. Okay, last one, number five. Implement habit stacking and rewards. Habit stacking involves attaching a new habit to an existing one, creating a seamless sequence of actions. By linking your new habit to something you've already done or do in the day, it's so much easier to remember and integrate in your daily life. BJ Fogg created this method as a part of his Tiny Habits program. I talk about him often. I I just talked about him in episode 52, which was the second part to the three most important things you need to be successful, no matter the goal. So if you haven't listened to those two uh, episodes, I, I think you'd really like those. But I talked about him. He has a great book called Tiny Habits. So this idea of habit stacking where he created, that he created, this is where you're gonna do something that you're trying to do, the new habit, and then you attach it to the existing one. So for example, if you want to start meditating each morning, you can say, after I pour my coffee, I will sit down and meditate for one minute. And that's doing something new on top of doing something you always do. And then the more you gain momentum on that new first habit, then you can add more and more. So there you have it. Let's do a quick recap. The two essential pillars of breaking bad habits and building new ones are number one, Assess and change your environment. When it comes to your environment, take a good look around and make some intentional changes that will support you in your journey. Declutter, organize, and remove any triggers or temptations that is going to lead you astray. Set up visual cues and reminders to keep you on track, and don't forget to assess your digital environment as well. And number two, anticipate pitfalls and overcome failures. Don't forget about the inevitable roadblocks and slip-ups. They're just part of the journey. Anticipate them, embrace them, and learn from them. Plan ahead, find ways to hold yourself accountable, and remember that failure is not the end. It's just a stepping stone towards success. 
I know that you've got what it takes to break free from those old habits and build new ones. You just have to believe that too. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening and spending time with me today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well. If you haven't done so, I would love it if you could give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to me and it would help get the word out for the podcast. I will look forward to next week. Seeing you here, same time, same place. Have a great week.